joining us this morning. Uh, really great to uh, just be back. Thanks to Gary for covering for me for a couple of weeks. And just learning about the life of David was just some uh, some really, really neat, uh, neat thoughts. And uh, if you haven't had a chance to listen to them, you can find that whole series uh, uh, on our website or through our podcasts. Um, but grateful for this morning just to be, um, uh, again, just open to what he may want to say to each and every person. Maybe you're watching alone this morning or maybe you're in a group, uh, one of the house parties, or maybe you're uh, watching this, you know, weeks and years from now. Uh, the great thing about him is that his word is alive. It's powerful. It's t- timely. It's, it's there in the moment that you need it. Uh, experiencing that over the last couple of weeks in my own life and um, believing, you know, that that's going to happen in, in yours as well, that his word might just light you up in the inside this morning. So before we, uh, before we jump into that, um, just, I guess I want to start off by asking you, you know, this question, have you ever, have you ever felt like quitting? Have you ever felt like, oh, throwing in the towel? Just those feelings that, that come, come, and they come for all kinds of different things, different reasons, you know, um, playing cards with my family the other night. We got this new game called Five Crowns, and uh, man, Beth is just like gifted at this game. It's, it's, it's like she's, it's like her God-given, one of her God-given talents to be good at this game. Uh, just, just whooping the rest of us, and after like seven, eight rounds, I'm just like, there's no way, and competitive me, just realizing I can't catch up, I'm just like, that's it, you know, I, I I quit. I'm done with this. I never want to play this again. You know, maybe it's something small like that, but maybe it's bigger than that. Maybe there's things that, you know, situations or things that are happening in your life or or just life itself has just kind of gotten to that spot where it's like that malaise is setting in or the, there's like a hope waning in the situation you're facing or there's doubt, you know, or discouragement, maybe even depression. These feelings that just sort of creep into your life and you're like, whatever the situation may be. Maybe for you, it's, you know, marriage has been difficult and you have you know, that, that nagging feeling of like, I just want to quit. Maybe things are, you know, just too difficult with, with education now or the, the way COVID's working or, you know, your job or... Maybe it's really big stuff like, you know, faith, where some of you are wrestling with those thoughts and like, I don't, I don't know if I believe anymore. I, I don't know if I, if I want to, you know, if I can do this anymore and, and feeling like those, those doubts creeping in us, I'm just giving up on this. Uh, t- today, I want to speak to you because I think across the board, there's something that we can uh, learn from that. The truth is that there's a, there's a difference between the feelings we have and truth. Uh, and that's something that, um, that we realize in lots of different areas. Like, for instance, you know, right now, um, uh, where I live, we have had so little rain. It's like it misses us all the time. It's like drought, you know, like uh, you can see right here in the picture. Uh, we have, like, this is, this is almost looks like my backyard, you know. Uh, the, the feelings that happen is like, is it ever going to rain again? You know, I don't, I don't think it's ever really going to rain again. Uh, the truth is, it is going to rain again. You know, my kids are asking me, you know, Dad, is this drought? Is this like going to be like the biblical type of drought, you know, where it's like three years? I'm like, I sure hope not. But the truth is, it is going to rain again, right? Like, it is. Somebody put it in the chat or tell me, yeah, it's going to rain again. You know, that, that is the truth. But the feeling sometimes is, ah, I don't know. But maybe for you, it's the opposite. Maybe for you, the feelings are of, and with the rain analogy that when it rains in your life, it pours. It's like for you, for you, it's like everything goes wrong at the same time, or at least it feels like that. You know, marriage is in trouble. Job is just not working out. Your kids, they're just like squirrely and whatever else, driving you nuts. Health issues, maybe the doctors, you, you know, you get all these negative reports. Maybe for you, it's your friends seem like they're, they're, they're not to be found. COVID-19 has just sort of messed everything up for you. It's like everything, one after another, after another. I've talked with people 
people this week where it's, that's their feeling. It's like, I don't know what's going to happen next, but I'm sure there's something else coming because it's just the way it goes in my life. And I don't know if I can do this anymore. And I feel like quitting. You know, maybe for you, it feels like, you know, what? I, I don't feel like we're ever going to get back to normal church anymore. And this online thing, I don't know. I just feel like giving up. I feel like quitting. It just doesn't work for me. Man, I, I feel it. I, I understand that. I, I get that. And, you know, sometimes life just gets to you. I don't know how else to describe it. It just gets to you sometimes. Been there myself. You know, I think today as I share is, is primarily, there's, it's, a, it's a word, you know, that he's speaking into my heart. But I believe it's for others. And even after last night, as we had our, we had our first outdoor service here on the parking lot, we'll be doing that again next Saturday. Uh, and then following our service last night, people just uh, texting in, just saying, hey, that's, that's what I'm going through as well. So I know I'm not alone in this, but uh, my hope is that he would, he would translate these words into your situation today. So the last couple of weeks, this word just keeps coming back to my mind, you know, and those feelings of like, oh, quitting in different areas of, of life. This, this word called perseverance just kept coming up. In, in my mind. And you know, as when those things happen, when there's a word I don't often think about, it just come, keep, kind of keeps coming back. I recognize the Holy Spirit's, it's the way he speaks. It's the way he speaks in my life. It's like, Mark, there's something I want you to grab onto here. And it's not just saying, hey, this is what I think it is. It's like, I really want you to grab onto this. And so I started looking and studying and uh, learning about this word perseverance. And perseverance, the, the, the definition of it is simply this, persistence in doing something despite the difficulty or the delay in achieving success. When it's not happening, happening now or it's not happening on my timetable or it's just not as easy as I thought it would be. The perseverance is like, I'm not quitting. I'm not going to give up in those moments. Through my research, I came, came across this uh, neat little fact that the, the, they're sending a Mars rover up um, to Mars in uh, July of uh, this month, and they've called it um, Perseverance. And it's out there looking for signs of life. I was watching Wally with my kids the other night, and you know, the little Eva drone that goes around looking for signs of life. You know, my thought even with with today is that, you know, sometimes we feel like quitting. It's like we got all these reasons to quit. And yet, you know, that, that Holy Spirit searching and, and allowing us to search for the signs of life on the inside. Sometimes it's all it takes just to keep on going. And so this morning, I want to take a, take a look at a few different things. When we look at perseverance, you know, some translations of the Bible translate a word in, as perseverance, but most of them, it's not really a Bible word. It's not like it's one of the fruits of the Spirit or anything. And our, uh, our kids ministry people found that out, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we were sitting here chatting about it, and uh, they, I was, they were talking about, oh, yeah, we're almost on the fruits of the Spirit. We've got, like, one or two more. I'm like, well, you guys forgot one. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, you didn't do perseverance. And they're like, perseverance? Like, I didn't know that was a fruit of the Spirit, but because, you know, I'm the pastor, they're like, it must be. Like, if he says it is, it must be. And they're like, well, what, what do you mean? We didn't see that one. It's like, yeah, well, it's not written in that spot. It's in a different part of the Bible. You just got to go home, look up Hezekiah chapter 7, verse 4. Then you'll see. So look it up and then call me and let me know what, you know, when you find that. And so they're like, wow, they're looking it up and can't, can't find it until they realize there is no Hezekiah 7, verse 4. That's not even a Bible uh, verse or chapter, but uh, it's one of the ways that, you know, figuring something out. And I guess I say that to say this. You know, as we study his word this morning, would you just not just take what I'm saying as like at face value? Would you dig in yourself and, and discover the truth of his word for yourself? Because perseverance, though it may not be an actual um, word that's uh, printed on the pages of Scripture, the idea and the thought of it is it's all throughout. And I continue to see it over and over as I was preparing for, for this and just actually studying for my own life for the last couple of, uh, couple of weeks. Perseverance, 
You know, as we look at this, um, the, we're going to take a look at First uh, Thessalonians. So uh, I've actually been reading through Acts in my read through the Bible plan for this year. Uh, and yet I kept feeling this thing of read, read Thessalonians, read Thessalonians. I'm like, well, I'm not at Thessalonians yet. And I, you know, I have, there's not anything else that would be in me that says I want to read Thessalonians, but I couldn't shake that and realize, okay, Holy Spirit, I'll go and I'll read Thessalonians. And as I read through, I realized that, that, you know, God knows what we need. And as Paul was writing to these, uh, these believers in Thessalonica, they, he, God knew what they needed in that moment as well. And we, we learned some things about perseverance there. Three quick things. Number one, perseverance was what Paul prayed for them. He prayed for perseverance for them. He pray, uh, Perseverance was something that he encouraged them with to say, hey, I'm encouraging you to persevere. And the third thing that we'll, we'll see is that that uh, their perseverance actually was an encouragement to Paul himself. And so let's just jump right in. First Thessalonians 1. I hope you have your Bible open. First Thessalonians 1, verse 1 to 3, it says this. This letter is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. We're writing to the church in Thessalonica, to you who belong to God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, may God give you grace and give you peace. I just think it's cool that Paul was praying for these people and they knew that was happening. They knew that he was praying for them. Pretty, pretty neat thing. You know, and then it says this. He says, we always thank God for all of you and we're praying for you constantly. He says, here's what we're praying He says, as we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, we think of your loving deeds, and we think of the enduring hope, which is another translation for this word perseverance, this steadfastness, this enduring hope. He says, we pray about that. We pray for the enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. As he's praying about these things for them, you know, the assumption is all that he's praying because they already have that. But as you read through the letter, you realize he wasn't assuming that they already had that. He was praying, knowing the situation they're in, praying that 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 would be the truth about their lives. He later writes that he knows they're going through tough stuff. 1 Thessalonians 3, a couple chapters later, verse 4, he says this, Even while we were with you, we warned you that troubles would soon come. He says, we warned you that troubles would soon come. And they did, as you well know. It's almost like one of those, hey, I told you so moments. You know, trouble's coming. And they're like, okay. And then it hits. And he says in verse 5, that's why when I could bear it no longer, I sent Timothy to find out whether your faith is still strong. I know you're going through some tough stuff. I got to know, are you persevering? He's like, I'm praying for it but I got to know if it's actually happening. He says, says, I was afraid that the tempter had gotten the best of you and that our work there had been useless. You know, Paul reveals something, a truth, (laughs) a truth that's, you know, it's true whether we like it or not. And the truth is this, your enemy never gives up on you. Your enemy, you have one, he never gives up on you. When there's trouble coming in your life and when there's things going on and those feelings of doubt and depression, all those other things that want to pile on in those moments, it's the enemy that never gives up. You know, he, he calls him the tempter. It's, it's interesting because, you know, as we're studying the names of God and God has all these different names, <laughs> the enemy has a whole bunch of different names as well. You know, and the, one of the, his names is the tempter and realizing that the tempter will never stop tempting you. Sometimes like, oh, I just want to, you know, I want to take a holiday. I want to have a break. He doesn't take a break. You know, the enemy never stops trying to kill, never stops trying to steal, never stops trying to destroy you and everything connected to you. Jesus told us that in John 10. You know, first Peter, Peter told the early believers, first Peter 5, 8, he says, you know, your enemy's like a lion. Like he's going about like a roaring lion looking for the ones that he can devour. 
You know, you look at nature and you're watching. I love nature shows as a kid, watching lions devour and, and chase their prey. You know, they're, they're always looking for the wildebeest that's on the, outs, on the outs of the herd. You know, which one's got, you know, only three good legs? That's an easy takedown. Let's take him. Well, you know, which one's coughing like he's got COVID? Let's take, let's, let's get that one. He can't run fast. You know, or which one is all on their own, isolated and by themselves? Let's take that one. Can I tell you the enemy, you know, it's our enemy works in very similar ways. He's looking for the ones who are alone. You know, this whole isolation idea has set up prime pickings for people. Prime pickings for the enemy of people just isolated, staying away from community with Jesus followers. Who've, you know, called it, called it quits on some of that stuff. And maybe today you're tuning in for the first time in a long time. I'm grateful for that. Because it's, it's in those moments where we find ourselves isolated, where our enemy takes advantage. He says, you know, Paul's writing to them, hey, when you feel like you've been knocked down, and there's all kinds of things that knock you down in life. He says, when you feel like you've been knocked down, don't give up. Don't allow the knockdown to knock you out. He's like, when t- t- tough stuff happens in your life, he's like, I want to know that your faith is still strong, that you haven't given up. You know, years ago when I was a kid, we were driving to a youth group with my family and, and my dad was driving and uh, we hit a deer and uh, it, it smashed up a good chunk of the front end of our van. Our headlight, it was pushed right in and shooting straight up. It was like the bat signal for a few days. We are just shooting straight up in the air. And, and as we pulled over to the side, we're like, oh man, if the van looks like this, that deer must be mangled. And my brother was like, yeah, let's get the meat, right? And so we look out and try and find this deer. And, and sure enough, as we just look to the side, there goes the deer, whoop, jumps over our fence and, and heading off. You know, we knew that thing had been knocked down in a big way. But you know what? The truth of that thing was it wasn't knocked out. It was going to keep, keep on going. And, and I feel like that's the encouragement that some of us need to hear. That when you get knocked down by certain things that happen in your life, don't allow it to knock you out. That perseverance is this thing that we need right now. And so that was Paul's prayer for them. But it was also Paul's encouragement to them. It wasn't just that he was praying, praying for them. I, I, I love this thought. I think it's important for us to, to, to take a moment to think about it. Paul didn't just pray for them. He didn't just think, oh, you know, I wonder those so-and-so in Thessalonica. Yeah, I wonder how they're doing. Well, I don't know. I'll just pray for them. Dear Lord, bless the people in Thessalonica. <laughs> he did more than that. And some of us, I think we have that feeling for our friends and, and people around us. We're like, I wonder how they're doing. Well, 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 Paul did something to find out. He's like, he sent a letter to encourage them. And maybe for us, it's sending a text or, you know, a phone call. And, and then when he says, you know, when he was like, I just, I gotta know, like the response isn't coming soon enough. He's like, I can't go, but I'll send somebody else. Timothy, go find out for me. Go encourage them in their faith. And we read later, that's what Timothy did to just to kind of continue to encourage them to persevere. And I'm thankful that Paul wrote those letters because those are the things we have today to continue to encourage us in these same things. You know, Paul, Paul was no stranger to difficulty himself. He's a guy telling others to persevere. But man, he was one of those guys who persevered himself in incredible ways. As I've been reading through Acts, I'm in the second half, and it's basically Paul's you know, life story of perseverance. You wonder what happened to Paul. Like, you know, here's just a few of the things he writes down to the Corinthians. He tells them, I was imprisoned multiple times. He's like, I've been falsely accused. I've, I've been whipped. And when, you know, when he says whipped, he actually describes it in Corinthians. He says, I got 39 lashes in a row, five times from the Jews. And he says, and countless other times I've been whipped, you know, a, a bunch of times. 
And he says, you know, I was, I was stoned and left for dead outside of a, of a city. I've been humiliated in front of people. I've been hungry, cold. I've been attacked by wild animals. Shipwrecked. You know, he was shipwrecked three times. If I'm Paul, I'm like, I'm not getting on another boat. You know, after one shipwreck, that's enough for me. You know, but Paul's shipwrecked three times because he just continued on, continued to persevere. He says, I was left Stranded in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the waters for for a full day, day and a night, twenty four hours. I'm like man, what this guy had gone through, uh, and the list goes on. But as I looked at that list myself, I was like, at what point? At what point would I quit? At what point would I like give up? You know, throw the list back up there for a second. I want you to answer that question for yourself as well. At what point would you say, okay? <laughs> I'm I'm done. Yeah, I I don't want to I don't want to keep um going on, you know, this mission anymore after, you know, being in prison. I think after being whipped, you know, one time, you know, that's probably that's probably going to be one of those things where I'm contemplating it. You know, as I read this list, I realized any of the things that I'm going through in my own life, none of those compare to what this guy went through and continued to persevere and I wonder if it's the same for you. You know, I haven't faced anything nearly nearly like that. And here's what here's what Paul wrote to the Corinthians. He's like, yeah, we're pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. He says, we're perplexed. <laughs> For sure, it's tough, but we're not driven to despair. We're hunted down, but we're never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. To the Philippians, in Philippians 3, verse 13, he writes to them and says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved perfection, but I focus on this one thing. I'm forgetting the past, and I'm looking forward to what lies ahead. You know when he says to them, I'm forgetting the past? It's not like I forget everything that's behind me as if, you know, I, I don't remember it anymore. We know he remembered it. He wrote a list of all the things. But he says, but I'm not going to focus on that. I'm not focused on, you know, when he was, had been whipped four times. He's like, I'm not, I'm not focused on, that, on all of that. And, and as a result, he ends up persevering. And there's a fifth time. And he's like, you know, as he goes through all those things, he doesn't focus on all that thinking, oh, look at all the terrible stuff that's happened to me. I, 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 this is worth quitting. He says, I don't focus on that. He doesn't focus on his past, where he looks at all the times that he'd failed, you know, the, who he was. I mean, he wasn't just accused of murder. He was guilty of murder, murdering Jesus' followers and accused by God himself of it. He's like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to allow my past to be the, the reason why I, I give up. But he says in the next verse, he says, I press on. I persevere. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. You know, my question for you is, you feel like you've been knocked down? You feel like you've been knocked down by certain things that are happening in life, situations, maybe any one of these number of things. Maybe it's the circumstances in life that have, have kind of got you off track. Maybe it's the just feelings. Maybe it's like guilt that's, that, and shame and things that are making nests in your brain and they're, they're, they're consuming your thoughts. Maybe you've drifted away from God and you feel like, man, I don't know if I can come back. You know, those are the feelings that are in there. Like, I don't, maybe I'm too far gone. You know, I had a young girl text me this week and she's like, you know, she said, uh, um, she's like, Mark, is the church going to be open again soon? Because I need to come back. And I was like, man, I was like that thought, the church might not be open, but you can come back. For sure you can. That's the good news is that you can. You can. When you've been knocked down, you can get back up. You know, I've been reading a book by uh, Corey Ten Boom. It's kind of miraculous, actually, because I don't read very much. But reading this book, unless it's an audio book, but this is, this is a real paper book called Tramp for the Lord. She also wrote The Hiding Place. 
Corey Ten Boom, it's written in the, in the book there. It says, the Bible's bursting with good news for everyone. I like how Gary said it earlier. It's great news, but it's, it's, there's enough for everyone. Like the story of the loaves and the fishes, there's more than enough to go around. And I look at Corey's face, man, I see that. There's a woman who believes th- those words, that there is more than enough good news for everyone. And it's similar that Paul, as he encouraged the believers, he's like, listen, I need you guys to understand some things. And in 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 4, he encourages, the, encourages them to persevere with this thought. He says, we know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you. God loves you. Whatever you feel like has gotten you knocked down, man, don't forget this, that God loves you. And he's chosen you to be his own, um, his own people. Simply reminding them again of this powerful truth. I don't care what it feels like. God loves you. I was out with Brian Bunting uh, and my father-in-law, Dick, this week. Uh, out, uh, We went fishing uh, on Monday. And as Brian, we were, we we're chatting, Brian shared something with me. I was like, Brian, can we, can we videotape this? I just want, I just want uh, the rest of our congregation to hear this. And uh, here's the video we took. I'm just uh, so blessed to be here with uh, Mark and Dick. And I just uh, been reading something last week, and I really want to share it. I feel the Lord's put it upon my heart, and I believe it's for many out there. Um, I was reading through Daniel, uh, the book of Daniel, and the angel Gabriel appeared to Daniel three times. And he said to Daniel, Daniel, you are greatly loved by God. He said it three times. Daniel, you are greatly loved by God. And I feel that there, I know that there are some that are watching this right now that need to know that they are greatly loved by God. I shared that with a, a brother who is uh, really sick and he's been fighting cancer for about 15 years and it's getting close and I shared that with him and it just tears came to his eyes. And uh, I said, keep fighting, keep fighting. And, and uh, anyways, I, I feel there are more that need to hear that they are greatly loved by God. It says in in the Gospel of John that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And I, I know God, I know it says the world, but actually it's us. God loves us, and he gave his only begotten son. And you know when uh, Gary was sharing about that yesterday uh, on Sunday meeting, Sunday morning meeting, and it, um, I was so touched in my heart to know that God loved me so much that he he put his son to death. He, he put his son through all that pain and suffering. Why? So that he could demonstrate his love to me. And, and because of the love of Jesus and the love that he has for his father and the father's love for the son and the love he has for me, it just brought my brought me to my knees and just I just weeped because of his love. Because he loves me so much and he loves you so much also. And I just feel I, I want to share that with you. I know we're going through times of this COVID thing and it's we're seem to be isolated. Many are isolated out there. I think of many, I think of Betty, I think of Bob, I think of Lil, I think of Liz, I think of many, and they come to my 
my memory and I just want to say to you that God loves you very much. So true. <laughs> so true. You know, God, he loves you very much. And I think, you know, when you hear about Daniel and him hearing just those words for himself or just hearing Brian's, uh, uh, just his, his little um, moment here of saying, well, I just realized God loves me very much. Our hope is that you would realize it too. That uh, no matter where you're, where you're at, as you take those steps in, in perseverance, realizing that he loves you, you know, anything can happen. Anything can happen. And, you know, I think sometimes we don't realize that our story of perseverance can affect others' lives as well. I got a text this week, and I just wanted to share it with you. So it, it just says this. I got, he says, so I had to share this with you. This guy named Josh, he, um, he said I could use his name. He said this. He says, I, I had to share this with you. I admit I haven't been attending or streaming the service weekly as much as I should be. And I decided this morning uh, that I need to get back on track. This was Wednesday morning. He says, I woke up early. I went for a walk in the park, and I had the service playing out loud on my phone while I walked. The first person I passed, I said a normal good morning. And after I get a few feet past him, the gentleman turns around and asks, was that scripture you're listening to? So we talked and it says he's looking for a new church and is going to tune into Kingsway and stream some sermons. God is good. You know, I think, Josh, if, if you're watching, man, just seeing how God's using your story, and maybe you're that gentleman who, uh, was, who met Josh in a park, you know, God's using th- th- that story to reach you because he loves you very much. Man, I think it's an incredible, an incredible truth to remember. And man, when you remember that, it's like that perseverance that kicks in, that, that you realize, man, you can pray for it, you can be encouraged to it. But the third thing that we, that we realize is that this perseverance, their perseverance was an encouragement to, uh, to Paul. And I feel like that, that same thing, the perseverance of others around us is such an encouragement to us. In 1 Thessalonians 3, he actually writes all of 2 Thessalonians, st- telling them too, just the, the encouragement that they've been to him. But he says it here in, in uh, verse 7 of chapter uh, 3, says, we have, been, we have been greatly encouraged in the midst of our troubles and our sufferings. Paul was going through it as well. He says, dear brothers and sisters, why? Because you've remained strong. You've persevered in your faith. You, you didn't quit. You didn't give up. He says, that gives us new life to know that you are standing firm, that you're persevering in the Lord. And I love that thought. I love that thought. And my, you know, it's, it's just being encouraged by those around us, it's, it's it, it truly is a beautiful thing. You know, I think just back to Corey Tin Boom as we close. Corey, uh, if you don't know her story, Corey was um, arrested for hiding Jews during World War II. Arrested by the Germans, uh, put in prison. Then uh, she was put in solitary confinement for three months up until the time that she had her trial. There she was, uh, she was uh, judged to be guilty and was sent to Ravensbrück concentration camp, a work camp, to live out the remainder of her days. And as she was on her way there, she, she survived, but later writes that she had hidden her Bible uh, in, on, on a little string behind her, uh, uh, on her neck and was hanging on her back, hoping that the guards wouldn't find it because she's like, I just, I need to take that in. Traveled three days in a cattle car along with 80 other women to this camp. And as she got out, she realized that they were forcing everyone to remove all of their clothing as they were walking into this camp. And she thought, oh, Lord, I'm going to lose your word and she just had this thought from the Lord, go to the washroom. And so she, she was like, oh, didn't, didn't know, you know, but went, decided she would, she would go. And she went to the washroom. There's this big pile of crates there. And she was able to remove the Bible and hide it there. Then went through the other whole process and was able to go back to that washroom and grab that. And she said to her sister, she says, as long as we have this, 
We can survive whatever is ahead of us. As long as we have his word, we can survive. We can persevere through whatever's coming our way. You know, those two sisters led many, many other women to Christ before their deaths in that camp. You know, being surrounded by difficult things is an amazing thing. And the lives change for eternity because of their perseverance. You know, she would later say, we were pressed, but not crushed. We were perplexed, but not in despair. Hunted, but not abandoned. Knocked down, but not destroyed. You know, echoing the words of Paul. Man, it's powerful, powerful encouragement to us. And finally, the writer of Hebrews wrote to the Jewish believers who were also going through difficult trials. Man, it's, you see in this common theme of the Jesus followers facing some difficult stuff. Man, if you're going through it, it's not new. It's not new. He wrote this, Hebrews chapter 10. He says, don't, in verse 35, don't throw away the confident trust you have in the Lord. Don't abandon the trust that you have in the Lord when times are tough. He says, remember the great reward it brings you. Verse 36, patient endurance or that perseverance is what you need right now. He says, so you'll continue to do God's will. Then you'll receive all that he's promised. And then they quote this, these verses from the Old Testament. He says, for in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. He says, my righteous ones, they'll live by faith or by trusting God. That's how they'll live their lives. He says, I'll take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But Paul, or the author of Hebrews writes this, but we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We're not like the ones who say we quit, we give up, we toss in the towel. <laughs> he says, we're the faithful ones. We're the ones who persevere. We're the ones whose souls will be saved. So my challenge and encouragement and thought for you this morning, my prayer is that Holy Spirit would translate it into your situation is what, whatever may be trying to knock you down right now. Maybe it has knocked you down for a little while. Maybe it's trials. Maybe it's temptation. Maybe it's busyness. Maybe it's boredom. Maybe it's situations or circumstances you're going through. Maybe things aren't working out the way you'd hoped. Maybe it's pain. Maybe it's things from the, the, the messages from the doctor. Maybe it's things in your marriage. Maybe it's difficult things with your kids. Maybe it, it's stuff with your friendships. Maybe it's just this whole COVID thing in life in general, whatever it is, the encouragement from Paul, the encouragement from Corey, the encouragement from, from us this morning, from the Lord, I believe, is to grab on to his word, that you would grab on to his word, that you would take hold of his encouragement, that you would grab on to him in these moments, because his word's alive. It's powerful. When it gets in here, it does something. It brings those signs of life to life. You know, Francis Chan said it in our um, version devotional the other day. He said this, let's step into living more like the conquerors we are and apply the life-giving, hope-delivering, and devil-kicking power provided to us from God's word. He's like, man, just that, that idea of let's persevere. It's not in our own strength. It's not in just some nice little quotes you find on the internet. It's in him. It's in his word. Let's step into living more like the conquerors we are and apply the life-giving, hope-delivering, and devil-kicking power provided to us from God's word. Why? Because he's, you know, Christ is the one who never gave up on us. Us, persevered even through the death of the cross. You know, and as we learned about communion last week, you know, the, the life that we have because of him, man, what an incredible, incredible thing. You know, his, his perseverance has changed our lives. And my encouragement to you is that as you persevere, you have no idea whose life may be changed as a result, yours and others. So don't give up. Don't quit. Don't quit. Can we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your words of life. Thank you that, they, that you know what we need when we need it. Lord, you know what I need when I need to hear it. And thank you for leading me to, to your word and to your truth. Uh, Father, I pray that for every person listening right now, whatever situation they're facing, God, that you would inspire and, and light up your word inside of them, that you give them courage to continue on when times are, times are tough, whatever it may be. 
Father, I pray for your uh, strength for them, that they would rely on you, that you'd lead and direct us in, a, in, the, in the journey that, that you uh, have for us in the, in the paths that we find ourselves. Lord, would you lead us? Would you lead us? Thank you for, for this morning and the chance to be together in different places, but your family, your followers, may we be a light that shines for you this week. May people see you through us and in us. It's in your name I pray. Amen.